Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey everyone, my name is Christopher Price, the Boston Globe. Welcome back to another edition of the Patriots Report. This week's guest is Doug Kide from Pro Football Focus. He's got a lot of great information for us when it comes to the Patriots, the draft, and what awaits them later in this offseason. But first, I want to let you guys know that this edition of the Patriots Report is brought to you by Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs fights, and even next season's futures. And don't forget that MLB is back as well. Who are you picking to win the World Series? Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code BLEAV. That's B-L-E-A-V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Now let's get to our conversation with Doug Kai. Doug, thank you so much for joining me today. I want to jump right into it first with kind of a big picture question, and then we can kind of narrow things down a little bit as we go along. If you're Bill Belichick, what's your focus at this point in the team building process? I know you have to kind of roll with the punches when it comes to the draft, and to some extent, you're largely at the mercy of the process. But in your estimation, are they going to be inclined to build their offensive line depth, go wide receiver, cornerback? What do you think they're going to do? I think I'm going to I'm going to narrow it down as much as possible, and I think there's one still glaring need on the Patriots roster. And I think it is at one of those guard spots where, you know, who the tackles are going to be, you know, it's probably going to be Trent Brown and, and Isaiah Wynn, unless they acquire a tackle, you know, David Andrews is going to be the center. We have a pretty good idea that Mike on is going to be one of the guards, but after losing Ted Karras in free agency and after trading away Shaq Mason, uh, which, you know, that'll be a move that people will talk about, I think throughout the season, depending on how good or bad the Patriots offensive line plays, you still need a starting guard. Otherwise, you're, you're essentially pulling what would have been the seventh or eighth offensive lineman on last year's roster up into a starting spot. So whether that's in the first round, like they've done in the past with a guy like Logan Mankins, whether it's in the third round, which is something they've done in the past, like Joe Tooney, I think that you just you need to come away from the draft. Uh, whether it's with a pick or a trade, which they've made in the past with a guy like Trent Brown, you need to come away with one more starting offensive lineman, whether that's a tackle and you move Isaiah Wynn to guard or whether that is just a guard. I think that that is the biggest remaining need on the Patriots roster and really the only starting need that's still on there. You have an absolutely exhaustive database on your Twitter feed <laughs> of prospects you call Patriots draft fits. First of all, explain the concept of what makes a New England draft fit and who are some of the biggest surprises on that list who might line up as potential Patriots? Yeah, it's it's a process that I've been trying to perfect, I think, you know, since 2014, 2015, something like that. I've gone through all the, the Patriots past draft data and kind of identified what, you know, the the average combine or pro day measurements are for every position that they've drafted throughout the years. And then I uh, kind of tweak the system to, to weight certain uh, positions or, or certain, you know, drills at each position a little bit higher, depending on what they valued more in the past. Uh, so, yeah, I, and then I, it's basically just extracting data from uh, Brian Hitterman and, and draftscout.com 
to uh, to to get them into all of these spreadsheets, but there's definitely some intriguing names that are that are pri- pretty high up there. Uh, one guy, just maybe not so much a, of a surprise, but you know, a potential first round pick for the Patriots is definitely Boston College guard Zion Johnson. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the scale basically goes from like negative up to like a, a 1.1 or 1.2 scale, and he's a he's a 0.99 fit. So that's that's pretty high up there as far as uh, you know, draft fits go for the Patriots and, and he is a first round prospect. So I think, you know, maybe if, if a player starts to slide down or maybe if they could trade up for, for a player who might be rated a little bit higher on their board, I think that's possible in the first round there. But if he's sitting there at number 21 overall, he's a player that's worthy of a first round pick and he would fill a, a pretty major need for them. One other name just worth throwing out there. I think that he is my number one fit probably at, at guard and tackle is Wake Forest, Zach Tom. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a little bit of an undersized offensive lineman uh, as far as tackles go, 6'4", 307. Uh, but I, there's a lot of teams out there that think that he can play left tackle in the NFL, and he's not a first-round prospect. He's probably a, probably a second-round prospect. So they miss out on Zion Johnson. Maybe they could take someone like Zach Tom and then either put him at left tackle and move Isaiah Wynn to guard uh, or, or try to stick with him at guard and see how that goes. But uh, he, he's definitely someone who's come across my radar pretty recently as not only a Patriots draft fit, but someone who the NFL thinks of pretty highly, Zach Tom out of Wake Forest. I was talking to Connor Orr from Sports Illustrated, and he brought up a really interesting point that the Patriots may tweak their overall approach when it comes to drafting offensive linemen. And it kind of alluded to the fact that a lot of these guys that they were able to get in the third and fourth round were guys who were assisted along the way in their kind of overall ascent to to NFL greatness by Dante Skarnecchia. And now without Skarnecchia in the picture, the focus might be more on getting this really this blue chip talent in the first and the second round, as opposed to waiting around and having to coach guys up. What do you think about that? I I think it's a fair point, especially, you know, not only losing uh, Dante Skarnecchia, but then they lose Cole Popovich. uh, They lose Carmen Brasillo to the Las Vegas Raiders. So, you know, whether it's Matt Patricia or, or whoever it is, Billy Yates coaching the offensive line this year, they're down quite a few options at this point. I think that also, not only losing Dante Scarnecchia, but losing Tom Brady as well mm-hmm. uh, hurts that too, because he was just so good at getting the ball out. He was so good at uh, maneuvering the pocket. Uh, the Patriots have long coached their tackles at least to kind of maneuver the edge defenders behind the quarterback uh, because Tom Brady always had this kind of sixth sense of pressure coming behind him that a young quarterback like Mac Jones, who obviously is a very good player, but no one in the NFL is Tom Brady. I think that they might need to shift their technique a little bit. Uh, Like you said, maybe acquire more blue chip prospects for the offensive line, uh, shift their focus a little bit, shift their scouting a little bit, because I actually think that the Raiders can probably – shift things as well not to you know move off the patriots but they do have carmen Priscilla. they have a quarterback in, in Derek carr who's a you know a good quarterback i think that maybe they're a team who might be able to shift away from trying to acquire the blue chip talent and they can get off on, on some of the technique things that the patriots have done in the past whereas the patriots might have to go the other way where they are dealing with a loss of a few coaches and they're mm-hmm. dealing with 
the loss of a quarterback like Tom Brady. So it will be interesting to see if things look a little bit different this year. But I do think that, you know, that could that could head towards them, you know, drafting, whether it's a tackle or a guard or whoever it is in the first round, just to make sure that they do have that top tier talent at that position. I want to ask you a couple of questions about wide receiver prospects. One guy who inspires a lot of debate out there these days is Traylon Burks. Where do you stand on him? And could he be a guy who might fit in Foxborough? I, I like Traylon Burks. He's, he definitely did not test as well as people thought he would. And I don't want to pat myself on the back too much about this, but when I watched him on film at Arkansas, he was running away from college defenders, but I didn't, I didn't look at him and say like, Oh wow, that's like a a four, three guy. And then at the combine, I had some conversations with people about Traylon Burks basically right before he, he tested and they were saying, you know, he's not going to be a four, three, four, four guy. He'll probably be low four fives, which is pretty much where he wound up being. I think he was a a four, five, five, 40 yard dash uh, prospect, but he's so big that that four, five, five speed translates better than say a guy like Calvin Austin, who's five foot nine, 170 pounds, Mm -hmm. runs a four, three, but when Traylon Burks outweighs him by almost 60 pounds, he's going to be able to run faster with his shoulder pads and his helmet and all of the pads on, then Calvin Austin's unpadded speed is going to translate to the field. So, you know, I think there's some concern about how Traylon Burks tested. I think that just based on his measurables, his height, his weight, his speed, everything, it, it, it could bring up conversations of Nikhil Harry. I think that Traylon Burks is a, a different player than, than Nikhil Harry. Traylon Burks did a lot of work out of the slot. Uh, he's a guy who, you know, was, was good with the ball in his hand, good at making defenders mess. So it would be a little bit scary, I think, for the Patriots to draft someone who does compare to Nikhil Harry. I think Traylon Burks will wind up having a, a better career than Nikhil Harry. But I think that there's it's similar enough that I might want to stay away just in case that happens again with them. <laughs> How much of the hype around Burks is because of the Debo Samuel comparison? I, I think it's there um, because he he was a guy who could, you know, take handoffs out of the backfield. He's an oversized wide receiver. I think he's 6'2", 225. So he could carry the load in the backfield. I think it's there, but I also think that teams will be looking for that type of player, especially with the success that Cordero Patterson had last season with the Atlanta Falcons where teams are going to want a wide receiver who can do multiple things. And I think that when I look at this wide receiver draft class, he's the closest one to that. I don't think he is Debo Samuel. I don't think he he's even what Cordero Patterson was last season, but if you want to be creative with a wide receiver, I think he's the best guy to do it in this class, just given his size and some of his uh, change of direction skills. Want to take a quick time out from our conversation with Doug Kai to let you guys know about Athletic Greens. Tons of people take multivitamins, but it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. Their special blend of ingredients supports gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's also lifestyle-friendly and fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. Reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you 
a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D, and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash bleav. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash bleav. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens, take ownership of your health. Now back to our conversation with Doug Kite. I've asked a few people this question and I've gotten mostly positive answers. I'd be curious to get your take. Could John Mechie be to Mac Jones what Jamar Chase was to Joe Burrow? I I could, I mean, I could definitely see. I think that, you know, they, they did have the history at Alabama together. I think that John Mechie is like, I, I don't want to, I'm a big fan of Mac Jones last year before the draft. I said that Mac Jones was like a, a slightly poor man's, um, Joe Burrow, because there were guys who produced a ton in college, didn't have crazy arm strength, weren't the best athletes, uh, but they were guys that I, I think could translate really well to the NFL. And obviously that's happened so far with Joe Burrow. I think it's going to happen with Mac Jones. And John Mechie is, is uh, I guess, like sort of a, a poorer man's Jamar Chase too, where I don't think that it's the the elite talent, obviously, but the fact that they were college teammates, the fact that they've got a lot of history together, I can definitely see it. And I think that John Mechie is definitely a guy who the Patriots could look at in the second round. I think that that's probably where he will wind up going, despite the fact they did tear his ACL uh, in the SEC championship game. I think the teams think of him highly enough where he's still going to be an early day two pick. So that would be the decision the Patriots would have to make is, you know, is this guy who's coming off the torn ACL who's not necessarily an elite talent at wide receiver, but who's good and who has a history with Mac Jones, is that worth using the second round pick on? Uh, I think it would be. Uh, and I think that there is still that definitely that future need at wide receiver. They just have to determine whether, I guess, that's the, the best fit and the best need at that spot. Since they did do a pretty good job, I think, this, this offseason of, of reloading at wide receiver just by acquiring uh, Devontae Parker. Last wide receiver related question for me when it comes to the draft. Is there a guy out there who we are not talking about who is not necessarily a first or a second round pick or you've been able to identify as someone mid to late round guy who has a chance to be a fit in Foxborough? Yeah, I mean, it's it's probably going to be a very popular one over the next week or so, but uh, Bo Melton uh, out of Rutgers. I think that the <laughs> Patriots are, are ready to go right back to that Rutgers well. I think that it's been since 2013 uh, that they've drafted someone out of Rutgers. That's when they got, you know, Duran Harmon and Logan Ryan, Steve Harness. But uh, Greg Schiano is, is back there in New Jersey. He's back there coaching Rutgers. And uh, I think that Bo Melton is, is a fit based on that. He's also a pretty decent athletic fit. He ran a 4-3-4-40. He had that 6-8-1-3 cone. You know, that's something that you identified a long time ago as something the Patriots definitely mm-hmm. value at, at wide receiver and defensive back, uh, 4-1 short shuttle. So he hits all of those athletic measurables. He's coming out of Rutgers. There's a need there at wide receiver, especially in the future. I think that he'll probably wind up being a, a third or fourth round pick, and I would uh, pencil him in for the Patriots. A few free agent uh, trade questions out there for you. First of all, do they have a shot at Debo Samuel? I don't think so. I think that it's an interesting situation where they did spend a first round pick to acquire Brandon cooks a few years ago, but he wasn't a guy who immediately required a contract extension where, you know, that Debo Samuel is. So I think that that's the difference there. If they could acquire him for a year and not give him the contract extension, 
that'd be one thing, but I don't think they want to give up a first round pick and then also give him $20 million a year. Give me four names. I'm going to give you four names here and I, I may kind of stretch it out a little bit, but, but guys who are still up in the air when it comes to the 2022 season. And, and I'll start off with Nikhil Harry. Technically, obviously he's still a part of the Patriots, but is he on this roster come week one? I don't think so. I think that that's probably headed for a trade. I'm not sure what they'll be able to get for Nikhil Harry, but just the fact that, you know, a guy who's currently probably buried fifth or sixth in the wide receiver depth chart, the fact that he's not around in Foxborough uh, for the, for this, this, you know, off season workout program, it's not a great sign. And I had already heard rumors of a potential trade there. So whether it's a trade or whether they eventually have to cut him, I just, I can't see him being on this team for that much longer. Dante Hightower. Yeah, I had, I had talked to people back, I think, at the Senior Bowl who mentioned that, you know, he was still trending towards playing uh, in 2022 and that, you know, there was an awareness there where he might not be an every down player anymore, that he, you know, might be best suited for sort of a an edge rushing role, um, kind of a situational role, maybe as a, as a middle linebacker on first and second down. Or, you know, like I said, kind of like a third down edge rusher. So I think it's still possible that he could return. But all those Patriots-esque teams, the the Dolphins, the Raiders, I think that he would be in play there as well. It feels like his body type is becoming a thing of the past when it comes to those big inside linebackers, those thumpers. And my initial thought was that they bring either Juwan Bentley or Dante Hightower back. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that. And yeah, they did re-sign Juwan Bentley. So, you know, I think that there's maybe if he hangs out there for a while longer and I'm not sure if he's in a big rush to, you know, get there for the start of training camp, all those things. I don't know when he winds up signing, but I could imagine like if the Patriots had an injury there and he was still hanging out there, then maybe they sign him. But yeah, I, I could also definitely see, like I said, a team like the Raiders or the Dolphins who might need some some defensive you know, veteran leadership, bringing him on board. And, and the Raiders, I think are a team that would make a lot of sense because they're running, they ran the Gus Bradley defense last season. Now they've got Patrick Graham in there and, you know, you need very different bodies going from a Gus Bradley defense to a Patrick Graham defense. I think that if there's a downfall for the Raiders in 2022, it might just be on defense where Patrick Graham can't do a lot of the things that he would want to do in his defense and bringing in a big body like Dante Hightower who's 6'2", 260, whatever he is, would, would solve a lot of those issues there where they do have some undersized linebackers. So yeah, Raiders are definitely still a team to watch, but uh, yeah, I could see the Patriots potentially signing him late in the process if there's an injury, but he'll probably be gone by then. Trey Flowers. I, I like it. I think that there's a lot of logic there. But I think it was, I think it might have been Jeff Howard reported that, you know, maybe that's something that happens after the draft. I could see the Patriots being interested in Kentucky edge defender Josh Paschal uh, in the second round. And he's kind of a similar body type to Trey Flowers, where he's 6'2, 6'3, 270. He was a fantastic run defender in college, who was also a, a productive pass rusher. And if they come out of the draft with him, Maybe then you don't need to sign Trey Flowers, but if Josh Paschal winds up being a, a surprise first-round pick or if he goes earlier in the second round, then some people, some people might expect, and they don't get that bigger edge defender who can do a lot of things, then maybe they pivot and, and try to try to sign Trey Flowers. But 
I'm surprised that Flowers is out there. I know he dealt with some injuries and wasn't quite as productive with the Detroit Lions, but he's just a few years away uh, or removed from signing a big contract there in Detroit. So I'm a little bit surprised that he's still hanging out there. Is there someone else for you out there in that second wave of veteran free agents who who are still who's still on the market like that group that we talked about who might interest New England that we're just not talking about right now? Not necessarily. I think that definitely the the big one that's still out there is Trey Flowers. I think that you know it it's it's tough that there's not like there's not necessarily a a great offensive lineman that necessarily fits everything that they would want to do. I think Daryl Williams, the guard is still out there. That might be a potential if they can't get uh, a guard that they really want in the draft. Uh, some of the tackles there are still out there, you know, Eric Fisher and uh, Billy Turner, Riley Reef. I, I could see some of those guys, especially since Reef's got a history in, in Detroit uh, with Matt Patricia, but yeah, there, there's not a lot of guys out there that necessarily uh, catch my eye for the Patriots, but you know, the more their value drops and after the draft, they, the Patriots won't have to deal with, you know, dealing with compensatory pick formulas. Maybe they wind up scooping up a couple of those veteran guys just to ha- kind of fill in the gaps that would still be there after the draft. But at this point, it does make sense to me to see what you can get in the draft, fill whatever needs you want in there. And then the ones that you miss out on, that's where you kind of pluck those veteran free agents. League-wide, what was the biggest surprise or what has been the biggest surprise for you to this point in the offseason? Um, I think it's – I think that we are to some degree seeing the start of, you know, the, the player empowerment era. And I think that the that might not necessarily be a major surprise because it's a, a different generation of players. I think that, you know, we both know that NFL players in general – follow the NBA to a, to a high degree. So I'm not surprised that they're starting to say like, Hey, well, NBA players can do this. Why can't we do this? And they're learning they can. I think that for me at this point, my biggest surprise is that NFL owners haven't figured out a way to adjust to it yet. I think that that's what we'll start to see in 2023 and 2024. I'm not sure what the answer is there, but I also know that, you know, NFL owners and GMs and head coaches to a lesser degree are not going to be okay with how empowered players have been this Mm -hmm. offseason where they can say, all right, not only do I want to be traded, but I'm going to make life difficult for you and I'm going to pick where I'm going to be traded. I think that we saw that uh, with Deshaun Watson. He wound up getting, you know, the the fully guaranteed contract, which elicited many emotions, obviously, that we don't need to get into. Uh, But Devontae Adams did as well, where he basically said, Listen, Packers, I'm not going to resign with you guys. You have to trade me to the to the Las Vegas Raiders. Otherwise, I'm going to make this difficult. Tyree Kill uh, wound up being traded, and he kind of got to pick his team as well. So, like I said, at this point, I'm looking to see how NFL ownership adjusts to this because I, I cannot see them being okay with what went on with the in the offseason this year uh, with players kind of picking their destinations like that. Obviously, it's a much lighter tone, but what we've seen this offseason from Matthew Judon on his Twitter feed, I think, kind of <laughs> speaks to that a little bit. You know, and, and again, it's not the same sort of hardline approach that a lot of guys are using. But I thought that that was an interesting style that he used that he could take to Twitter and he could, quote unquote, kind of try and recruit guys. Yeah, no, it definitely was. And you've even seen, you know, Mac Wilson started to do it with Debo Samuel. I think Devontae Parker did it with Debo Samuel as well. So, no, it, it was... It was definitely fun. And 
it was also fun just to see him continue to do it and that no one from higher up in the organization, you know, told him to, to stop it or anything like that, <laughs> that uh, it seemed like they, they were, you know, letting him have a lighter tone this offseason, which was, yeah, it was definitely fun and welcome to see. Doug, this has been great. You've given us a lot of information, a lot of good stuff to think about come draft weekend. Let people know where they can read your stuff and where they can follow you on social media and what you got coming up. If, if there's any sort of you know draft coverage you want to you know give a shout out to when it comes to PFF. Definitely. No, thanks for having me, Chris. This was a ton of fun. Uh, you can you know check out all my stuff at pff.com. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Doug Kide. That's Doug K-Y-E-D. I've got, you know, everyone's got mock drafts, but I've got a mock draft coming next week, basically about what I'm hearing that teams will be doing. I know a lot of people do kind of opinion-based ones. That doesn't really fit within my job at this point. So I'm going to do one on what I'm kind of hearing out there. And then I think that uh, myself, Brad Spielberger, and Ari Mayrove will be doing a video mock draft next week as well. So definitely check that out on YouTube. But yeah, lots of exciting things coming out and uh, check it all out on on pff.com. I think that we've got uh, promo code draft 50 for 50% off an elite subscription. So make sure to use that as well. It's perfect, Doug. Thank you so much, man. Take care and we'll talk again real soon. Perfect. Sounds good, Chris. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.